Hey, what's up? This is the Man Fuse Podcast. I am Kay Lee, audio producer, voice artist, host. My co-host, Ben H., Mr. Real Estate himself, sitting next to me. What's up, everybody? How you doing today? We got a good one for you today. Today's going to be awesome. I've been pumped up about it. I've been excited. I've been a little on edge because I, I want it to go good. We're going to be talking to, his name is Chris Tuff. He is a best-selling author, and he's a highly sought-after keynote speaker. He worked with Facebook, one of the first advertisers to work with Facebook. He's presented for Meta, Nike, Home Depot, Verizon, and many other Fortune 100 companies, and he's going to be here in just a moment. Are you pumped up, Ben? Dude, I'm super fired up. This guy is a uh, business leader. He's a thought leader. He's an amazing person and really an example of what anybody can do if they just get out of their own way and do what it is that they know in their heart that they are capable of doing and that they can do. Yep. Kind of like the Man-Fused podcast. Damn straight. Which is why he's coming on. Right. He's written a book called The Millennial Whisperer and Save Your Asks. And he's going to blow our minds with a personality test unlike anything I've ever seen before. Hey, this is Chris. Leave a message and I'll get back to you. Denied. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I guess we'll just talk about uh, uh, trains derailing. Yeah. And, <laughs> Since yeah. there's like another 20. Absolutely. <laughs> all over the nation. Well. There's chemical fire. Yeah. Should I try again? Chris. What's up? How are you, sir? I am good. I'm just pulling up your files quickly, getting ready. Chris, this is Ben H, man. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, dude. I'm excited about this. And Ben, man, how long have you been in uh, real estate? It's a long story, but basically it's it's a family business. So I was made to get my real estate license when I was 18, and uh, I was in the military for four years. And other than that, it's really mostly all I've done, dude. I've done everything from commercial to development to residential to I've been in the business heavily for the last 10 years. You're meant to be doing something much bigger. So, Chris, before you say anything else, I um, yeah. after our exchange back when you sent me those files and I told you I don't really want to look at them right now, but yeah. you said, what's Ben's last name? And I said, Heidenreich. And you go, he's miserable. <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, uh, oh, shit. And you're like in his work. And I go, Oh really? Are you being serious? I thought, I thought you were joking with me. And that's how I teased it to Ben. I was like, I told him I just that much and nothing I else. Cause I didn't really have anything else. Obviously appreciate your time. You know, I, I've done a ton of research on, on you and I've read a lot of the things that you've written, which are, are awesome. beautiful, man. You write beautifully and your expression is just so authentic and so genuine. I think in a big way, there's a big piece of me that, that seeks that level of expression as well. I see what you do and it's just unbelievable, man. I know, again, your time is valuable. If you're open for an offline conversation about the results of that Dude, test of and just any ideas well, I mean, that you have. A hundred percent. So do you want to analyze Ben first or me? Here's the best part about personality tests is that there's so many available to us and no one's focused on it. And one of my kind of life dreams and passions is to 
bring more of these to more people earlier in their careers before they get stuck. Yeah. And mm -hmm. unbeknownst to a lot of, right, a lot of people, uh, I actually had a dental consultancy that I helped build. And I know it makes no sense, right? But dentists actually have the number one suicide rate of any other uh, profession. I've heard and, that, man. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no wonder. I mean, you're sitting there staring down the hole of somebody's <laughs> mouth all day. It make you want to blow well, your fucking head off. Here's what I discovered, though, with that, right? Because knowing that going in, it's that a lot of people, and this is true for ourselves and our friend groups, is that a lot of people are doing the wrong jobs for the wrong reason. Yeah. Right? And one of my hypotheses is, like, what if we just, even in, like, our last years of school, focused in on these things a little bit more so – Right. We can create more of a choose your own adventure. Some of us shouldn't go to college. That's right. Go to college. Like, yeah. skip that step. Dude, what 100%. a waste of money. I dropped out of and high so, school. <laughs> with this personality profile, who, who wants to go first as I analyze I'll you go. I mean, it's fine. Let's do Kaylee first. All right. The man, right, the myth, Kaylee, the legend. Me, all right, Kaylee. So here's what's, here's what's interesting is your daredevil is your profile, which means you're like running and gunning. If the house burns down along the way, onto the next, right? And what makes you a daredevil is that you know where it is that you're going. You've got a high autonomy. You're extroverted, meaning that you get your energy from other people. And I think a lot of people misinterpret introvert and extrovert. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by this interpretation of introvert and extrovert, and even listeners, as you're trying to dissect this, it's we all wake up with a certain amount of energy coins in the, in the morning Absolutely. and extroverts extroverts end up pac-manning the introverts energy coins, right? Mm -hmm. When we have, this is actually good for both of so you. Cause you're both stealing energy from them. It's only going to fuel you. Right. And same with me. I'm, I'm top 1% of extroverts. I get, this is only going to fire me up even mm -hmm. more. Whereas like me my too. wife who's a huge introvert is like, Minus stop two. stealing my energy coins. Please move away from this side of the house right. and go steal someone else's. Right. 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 Absolutely. Sounds like and your so, wife, Kaylee. Yeah, it does. It sounds about like that. Mm -hmm. Who's never even listened to yeah. one episode of the podcast. Well, she hears me. She's like, I hear you enough. <laughs> She's like, I can't yeah. give you any more energy tokens. <laughs> right. Right. So Kaylee, I mean, it's not a surprise. You are, um, you are pretty, extroverted right mm -hmm. so you you get people you get that energy from others now your pace your fast pace you want things quick right you you are not a detail or you're also as low as they get for detail orientation right like you're going to send me the zoom like two minutes before we get going on this thing right like so one of the most important things for you kaylee in order for you to run and gun you need an administrative high detail assistant next to you. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes, sir. Like that is going to be one of your most imperative pieces because what I do is I match up who you are and then where you are in your job. And I look at where those things are moving and we can talk about some of those things, but just two more elements on this dissection is that people are either logic based head or logic based heart. Okay. And you two are opposites to one another because I know both of your profiles. And Kaylee, you are all head, right? And so let me guess, Kaylee, you've gotten <laughs> feedback from people saying, man, like he's so cold, right? Like he, he doesn't, he, he, his, uh, 
his feedback is abrupt and he doesn't care about offense. You get that just purely offensive. From, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because what I portray on the Burt show um, to the audience and the stories I bring to the table, most of He's the, the villain, I, I've kind of am the yeah. villain because of the things I say. And they're like, I don't know how his wife is still married to him now. You know, it's, some of it's not that extreme, but yeah, uh, you're right. Way. Yeah, it feels the same. Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's wondering not, the same thing. I mean, yeah, she's uh, she asked herself. <laughs> my wife is a, also a logic of nine, and um, what's interesting is you know what you see, you see facts, right? You actually make you're a great you make great hiring decisions, right? But you also make great firing decisions because you see things linearly, right? Whereas we've got Ben on the other side of that spectrum. And we'll dissect you in a second here, you Ben. But big puss. you should never be allowed to hire anyone, right? You should never be allowed to hire anyone. He shouldn't. Because no, what you're going to you do? Shouldn't. No, you. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't, Ben. Because here's what happens: you fall in love with because you're actually logic of one, and you fall in love with every candidate. Yeah. You fall in love, and you're like, dude, we gotta hire this person. Yeah. They're gonna be awesome. We yeah. have the best connection. Yeah, that's right. And then you hire that person and six months later, they're not working out. And your team's like, Ben, working out. And you're like, well, just give it a little bit more time. It's, but you should not be in charge of any hiring. Decisions, Ben's like, right? I love them. It's, it's <laughs> funny you say that because literally, if there's one thing that has, that has stunned my growth to epic levels, it's my inability to hire people and manage the people that I hire effectively. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and there's a and there's a solution to that, which is don't be in charge of any people. You need someone underneath you to direct and do that stuff. And like I've done this same personality profiling with some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world. That's right? incredible, man. And they they have a very similar profile to you. And I have to tell them, I'm like, stop trying to have all these direct reports. Like, go do what you do best and set set the strategy and where we're going but like just get rid get someone underneath you that's really good at this like kaylee you're, you're you actually make for a good manager because of your orientation to now one thing that's also interesting about you as you look at your routine orientation you like to have routine kaylee like even though you've got a low detail orientation you like routine so you are uh, what they call kind of an ingenuity of one, which means that when you're planning a trip, for example, my wife is a uh, ingenuity of nine, where she'll literally walk up to a map before a vacation with a blindfold on and a dart and throw it and say, okay, we're going to Madagascar because that's where it landed. And I'm that's like, what? Yeah. That makes no sense, right? <laughs> I, I, and whereas I like you're that. like, yeah, and you're, I mean, you're more by the book. Like you're, you're like, no, we're going to go back to the place that we're most comfortable. We're going to go to that one place in 30A. We That's know exactly right. which house we're going to rent. You're more of that routine orientation. But the biggest name of the game in, in how you go about reading this is where the action lies, which is how you are as a human, which is established age 13 on, right? That's, that top profile is never going to change. You can try to be more heart-based, Kaylee. Or Ben, you could try to be more head-based and it's not going to change. Right. So how sense. do we actually adapt and create a life for ourselves where that is in line? And so it's looking at where you're making the biggest moves. So Kaylee, where you're you're making the biggest moves in the opposite direction is, and maybe I should talk to Bert about this, but you're not empowered enough at work. Your autonomy is going down um, almost, you know, at quite a bit, right? Hmm. So 
you're so you'll you see that happen, which means you're having to be more team oriented than who you are as a human, which is you're more of a entrepreneur and a leader that says, this is where we're going, right? I know we're going to start the podcast. We're going to do the podcast. This is where we're going to interview. This is where we're going, right? Whereas within your work environment, you're like more team oriented and forced to kind of follow the flow. Well, I'm a team player and I, I really like the, the person that's le- is at the helm of it. So, but you're right on the whole podcast totally. thing. I was like, Ben, let's do a podcast. Bert started a podcast company. He's got a few years where I have access to him, you know, on a daily basis to where I can continue to learn and grow. This is where I see this going. 100%. And I know you know about the the rise and fall of our 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 down upward and downward spiral over the last year with the downloads where we were at a high we had just like we can't believe this is happening it's happening so much faster and then the reality set in when we had no idea there was a difference between hosts and how podcast downloads are calculated yeah, we're yeah. like what in the hell and then the depression okay well this yeah. is this is really where we are and, I'm like, but, let's yeah. just let's just keep lying and stay with RSS. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what most people do. But but that to me was like that's not those aren't that's not the audience we're trying to connect well, that, with. That There's was no... ultimately the right decision, though. I mean, it really right. was. And, and so that's what I went with it. I was like, dude, whatever you want to do, let's just do it. You're leading this whole thing. This is your deal. I'm here well, as the our co-host. deal. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I but, mean, you know, it was. It, it was, was crazy. It was crazy. But sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, well, with Bert, no, you're good. I, he doesn't like being a bitch at the Bert show. No, I'm, I'm not a bitch. <laughs> I have my tasks that help that thing run smoothly, and I am honored to do them. And I, know, I do bro, them with you, dude. quickly and accurately. But so, Kaylee, here's kidding, here's one of my creative suggestions, right? So, what what I would suggest, right? So, I think it's important that all of us and anyone listening that we pursue things outside of work that drive us as humans that actually fulfill our natural characters as well as our interests and passions. Right. Right. But <clears throat> there are also creative ways to do that at work. And Dude, what cool. I would say is like, get, get something at the Burt show that you can run with, whether it be a specific segment, whether it be a new execution or idea to allow you to be this daredevil that you are, because Without that, you're going to continue to have this large disparity of feeling like you have to fall in line and where you have to kind of drive down that pace and who you are, right? And I would say, generally speaking, Kaylee, like your profile, one, it's a beautiful profile. You're an anomaly. (laughs) You're an anomaly. And then two, there's not that much you need to change outside of this being able to actually dictate some of the direction of where you're going. Gotcha. I think this podcast helps you to a certain extent do that, right? But I would guess that you can probably come up with some other things within your day-to-day stuff at the Bird Show to run with things. Right. Well, I mean, and Great this information, dude. So this podcast is actually uh and and I while I agree uh, with you on the Bird Show side of things, but this thing is becoming even more uh, than a podcast. It's it's kind of launching into these other areas which we can talk about at another point the tease that you had said to me was you're exhausted (laughs) and i said 
Why, yes, I, I kind of am exhausted. He's a man with three children. You're burned out. But I'm so You're excited about where I'm going. Tired, but I'm fueled. I still have the energy to continue on. So just just for perspective, you're going through 40% more energy than what you have in a day. So when your head hits the pillow, if your fuel tank is at a certain, it's actually 40% in the other direction. And listen, you're also talking to a guy that's building like six companies and, you know, off speaking and whatever. Mine is about twice so it's like a hundred percent over every single day but i wouldn't have it any other way yeah, right see, so I, that's me too and my wife's always like you can't sit still like you just yeah. can't you've got to be doing something i'm like there's so much to do you know i mean there's so much to fucking do well this has been something that you really have run with though like what chris is talking about i mean you know you've taken this uh podcast which was your idea. You came up with the name. I tweaked it a little bit, but ultimately this was something that you invited me to do and that you have absolutely ran with. I mean, we talked about that Mm -hmm. on the anniversary episode, but what Chris is saying is absolutely true. Dude, you run the ball very well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you guys are actually very similar profiles. Okay. Personality wise. Well, one thing that Everybody who has heard this podcast says right off the bat, and I'm not sure if you've listened to any of it, but everyone's like, y'all's chemistry. Even Bert, as soon as Bert never even knew Ben, and I'm like, I'm starting a podcast with my buddy Ben H. We have been friends for 20 years. We did real estate together. um, And he was like, as soon as he heard it, he's like, you guys have amazing chemistry. Maybe that's why we feed so good off of each other, even though he's a big pussy, as you just said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Ben's got more cleanup to do, right? So, Ben, when I analyze your profile, I would say that you're having what I call an out-of-body experience at work. And what that means is that we're all wired to be gifts to this world, right? I truly believe that. I'm not just saying that to be cheesy. right? But so many of us, I mean, and you see it in dentistry, right, where you end up doing the wrong job for the wrong reasons for the wrong people, right? right? And dentistry, you get stuck in right? Because you end up going to school, you end up doing school, and there's really no other track outside of it. Having spent half a million dollars on this stuff, right. you're like, now I'm stuck. Yeah. And and my thing is like, actually, it doesn't matter what you're in, you can get creative and build new areas for you. So for a lot of those dentists, if they were wired like you, Ben, Ben, you are, you're a rainmaker and so am I, right? The only Roger difference that. between you two and your profiles is that, Kaylee, you're higher autonomy than you are extroverted. Whereas with Ben, he's more extroverted than he is autonomy. That's the only difference. You're both fast paced. You're both low detail. Although Kaylee, you're faster paced than Ben. Anyways, but where the name of the game here is, is that Ben, you can sell anything. You can sell anything. When you and I don't even know each other and I can tell that, right? You're once again, one of these anomalies that was born to sell. Now what's interesting about Rainmakers is that there's a few things, that, and I can give you guys a lot more information on this, but Hell yeah. you hate details, right? You hate the like nitty gritty stuff. You're going to tell a great story. You're going to tell it three different ways. But That's when right. it comes time to like get the facts, those people that want the facts are like, I don't know the facts. Like they're on the sheet, right? Yeah. But you can sell the crap out of anything. Now, what's interesting is that that out of body experience at work is that the way you're higher autonomy, but then you're falling in line at work, right? You're super extroverted, but you're having to be more introverted. Your pace is about the same, and, and you could be fast-paced or slow-paced. You're not as extreme as Kaylee there. 
but you're having to drive your low, low detail all the way up. Right. And so just by, and then you're also a logic of one versus a nine, which means you are, you process everything through your heart. And now your problem, Ben, is like, one, you shouldn't be in charge of hiring anyone. Two, you need someone on your team that you can delegate all of those details for. So the listing agreements, the 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 ins and outs, you need to delegate that. So you can yeah. just be in front of clients and running and gunning and selling. Right. That's it. Absolutely. And so one of the pieces of the kind of as I look at this is that if you can do that, coupled with freeing up more of your time, I do feel strongly that you could be super, not only satisfied, but even more productive in crushing stuff in real estate. Because you know, I've seen, I know real estate because I've got a, now a real estate consultancy, which replaced my dental consultancy with Banal. And so I see a lot of profiles there. And you and Banal are actually a very similar profile. Yeah, we've and what always- he's done so well is delegation. He's done a great job of it, and we've always gotten along really well. I actually joined his brokerage really early on uh, when he initially started it, and I came from a place where um, everything was handled for me, basically, and so I was destroying it. And then I thought I could step out, and when I did, all of that responsibility of the, the people that were working for me landed on me. And I was just, I was just getting covered up, man. And so I jumped really yeah. quickly back to the place where I had been before. Now, Bono was super kind and actually built me out an office space in the downstairs area mm. of his building. I did probably 10 million in production in like the four or five months that I was there. So it wasn't as if it, there was some yeah. massive deficit, but he was super disappointed that I went back to my other place, especially after he had extended himself to me like that. And to be honest with you, it was very difficult to do, but you know, we've since had great conversations, man. I've spoken to him numerous times. I've gone directly to him and apologized to him and just told him that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't meant that way and that I admire him and I consider him to be, you know, someone I look up to and a great friend and all those things. And, and so I think we're cool, man. We did the comedy show together. We had a great time doing that. I'm a super big admirer of, of, of what he's been able to do. And I do see a co-location or, or like, I see myself there. I, I see mm-hmm. it's like real recognized, real kind of a feeling with Bono. And I think he sees that in me as well. Um, and, and so I recognize that really from the beginning, when I started there, dude, he had an entire team of people. I mean, he probably had 10 people working for him at the beginning. Yeah, delegation. You know, yeah. I don't even know what it looks like now, but at the beginning, he was delegating to 10. 400. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, so mm-hmm. absolutely. But here's the, here's the other thing with you, Ben, and I want you to hear me on this, mm-hmm. is that when you get down, all right, and you get down because you process everything through your heart, it is absolutely essential that you have either a friend like Kaylee or someone that you can look to and say, I'm feeling down, help pull me out of it. Yeah. You need someone else on your team to pull you out of that or a coach or whatever that is. You need a support system around you because your greatest asset is also your greatest weakness yeah. because what you're able to do with buyers and sellers is that you can relate with them in an empathetic way where they leave that meeting. They're like, I 
love that dude. Yeah. Like he gets me. He he know I could feel like he knows what I want in the house. Right. But on that same that the flip side of that same coin is that when you get down, it's hard to pull you out. Yeah. So you have true. to have resources there to pull you up. And and I don't know. Maybe I have a warped perception, but I feel that even if it's stuff that doesn't make it on air, because now we're about 55, we're about a year in, 55 episodes, so we have synced our schedule to make this a priority multiple times a week, every week. And I feel like we do, kind of, like if I'm feeling even a little down, I feel like just through our banter and talk, whether it be on it, I think I think we yeah. do, it does bring both of us up, even if we're having a bad day. And I could be wrong, Ben. The, well, the funny thing is that Chris is absolutely right. What he just said, I mean, I, you know, and I've mentioned it a few times on the show. And honestly, I tell everyone that I love and everyone that loves me that, hey, I deal with a level of depression that I don't even understand. It can get so dark and so just ridiculous. And, um, and I do, man, I battle that. I mean, I didn't work. I, I basically, I had, I had, a, I did like, I don't know, 13 million between January and April last year. Right. And, <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this shit. I'm fucking, I'm out. You know what I mean? I got to take a break. And so I was like, all right, I'm referring all my deals and I'm just going to take a break for like a month and a month turned into two months and two months turned into three months. And then September came around and it was like, Holy shit, dude. I don't have anything going on. I referred a ton of business out. I got paid half on it. And I had this break, but then that turned into non-productivity in that space, in the real estate space, right? Which is really my primary source of income. So sure. then I have to gear back up in the way that I know to do, which really doesn't serve me as well as if, like you're saying, there was a, a support system around that allowed me to ride through instead of just kind of going like this constantly, mm -hmm. which, which is what I do, dude. It is what I do. Well, um, you're also doing a lot of shit you hate. That's um, right. And it's all detail orientation. If you can just find one person that you can either, you know, buy, put them on an hourly rate to start doing that stuff out of the gates and then transition them to full time. Cause you're going to start crushing that. Yeah. Even in this market. Yeah. But you were born to sell houses, yeah. but you don't have the right person to delegate that to, um, to actually end up dry. And, and if you can do that, everything switches in the other way. Right. Um, that so that's right. my one suggestion. Once again, I'm just—I've never met you. I'm just looking at the data. No, that—that's amazing information, Chris. I mean, it really is, and and it it hits a really deep place in me to hear you say those things. I mean, like seriously. And so I—I I mean, I'm—I appreciate it. I'm grateful for that experience. It's something that I'm really going to have to think about as well. You know what I mean? Like you've given me a lot to think about, and also immediately, I'm identifying people who have come into my life over the last couple weeks that want to work with me. They're like, look, we, we just want to be a part of what it, whatever the fuck it is you're talking about. We want to do yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're a rainmaker, Ben. You're yeah. born. You can sell anyone on the vision. It's true. Right? Like no, it's people want to be with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to be with you, Ben. I, I love you. With you. Yeah. How you. does that make you feel? <laughs> How does that make you feel? Ben? No, but yeah. no, but so, so thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, really that's, yeah. that's incredible stuff. 
That's awesome. I, I love this. this well, is I, 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 I'll also say I have zero license in this. I've never done any training. I just learned it from That's my dad. That's better for me, which man. I also had no. I don't but trust really, all like, that right? shit, dude. I'm I, a non-trusting I, guy, bro. I've been to war. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been to combat for like a year and a half. I don't trust shit. I find this fascinating. And I've taken personality tests before, but nothing. There were two questions. There were two questions. There was choose your own adventure, whatever that, you know, you felt applied to you and you get all this information out of those two questions but it's an interesting thing what what we're talking about the license thing and 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 it relates to what we're talking about as well because to me when you say i don't have a license on this that takes it up a notch you know what i'm saying instead of like down a notch because to me like a license equals a test a license equals a book a license equals curriculum that you have to follow. An agreed upon yeah. narrative, which we're not going to operate outside of because that's where we got our license. We go outside of that shit that we're going to get in trouble or something. I think so many people want to just play everything the way they're, you know, and then, once again, it depends on our personality, but I'm a huge proponent of just stealing bases, right? Like my wife is the exact opposite of me. She's like, oh, I got to go. I <laughs> want to be hilarious. a trainer. I want to do this. I need to go get my license. I'm like, Julie, you were the top 10 best female soccer players in the world you and your sister when you are playing professionally so just steal those bases right i mean i have no authority on anything in the culture world except for running a team of 400 young employees and then i wrote the book on it it sold a hundred thousand copies now i've become that authority right <laughs> but we don't have enough action in our life so many people like to say let's do this let's do that but then what are we doing to actually move towards it and I'm not talking about happiness, right? I'm talking about where joy lives, which is progress, especially as men. And Absolutely, so dude. how do we create more progress in our lives that's in line? Stop trying to fake it to everyone around you. Right. And take action on being the person that you were born to be, right? Or not right. even born to be, but really age 13 on. That's incredible stuff, man. That That's amazing. Chris, what does your daily regimen look like, man? I mean, you know, for someone like yourself, what what does a day look like for you? Just high level, you know? So here's what's interesting about that is that I've had some people like, so there's this guy named Ryan O'Leary who um, I did a speech around culture and connection to your people, the millennial whisper essentially. And he reached out to me on Instagram afterwards and he was like, Chris, that was amazing. Thanks for providing value. Um, I'd love to talk to you further. I was like, well, what do you do? And he said, right. I'm a salesperson for this insurance company. And I was like, dude, you got to read my new book, Save Your Ass, which is all right in line. I haven't shown it to anyone, but I'll give you the rough draft. I sent him the rough draft. He goes, Chris, I'm coming to Atlanta next Wednesday if you're available. I want to just shadow you for a day. And I was like, yeah, come along. And so he comes along and, you know, uh, I said, there's been a little change of plans. Uh, we'll meet at my house, but we're actually going to go wake foiling with my buddy, John Brinkus for the rest of the afternoon. We're just going to connect up there. He was like, seriously? I'm like, yeah. And then we'll probably have some other meetings along the way and take it from there. And what was awesome about that is that, you know, I kind of make it up as I go. I mean, in a lot of ways, obviously I've got like kind of my set day to day, but what Ryan walked away with was like, Chris, you really just meet with people and you're bebopping in and out of these different companies and things. And there's no set regimen. I was I like, no, it. cause I thrive on connection. I, I just want to meet with people all day, every day. Right. Cause that's once again, that's where I get my energy. Right. So 
my day to days every single day are totally different outside of, yeah, I mean, I'm flying different places for speeches, you know, about once every 10 days. And I'm talking on culture. I'm talking about how to better sell with Save Your Asks. But outside of that, it's it's building these different companies, including, you know, the company I'm building with Bert and and just meeting with people and, and trying to act as their catalyst in the same way that uh, I'm trying to be for you all. Because so my greatest gift is, and this is my purpose, is to unlock passions and dreams and be a catalyst. Mm, And that's That's what Bert, three and a half years ago, right? Right. We were sitting at a bar for our men's meeting and he turned to me and he was like, man, the stuff you're doing in the dentistry space and all these books and these different things, like, I I want a little bit of that. I was like, Bert, look at your currency. Like, you're the most listenable human being in the world. One of them. I'd say top 10 most listenable people. Meanwhile, everyone and their dog is creating a podcast. Become that authority. And he was like, well, I don't know how to do that. I was like, well, I do. You write a book on it. And he was like, I don't know how to write a book. I was like, well, come along with me. And what's cool is listenable will be published uh, in March, right? But during that journey, he's applied a lot of these learnings to the radio world. And, you know, then he as he's been going he's like holy crap chris like this is unbelievable this digital and podcasting and and that's really where we kind of pivoted along the way and he brought me in as a partner where we're now building pioneer and having a a lot of ups and downs and all arounds but there's no one else i would rather do it with right it's when you go to battle and i told Bert this the other day i was like Bert, you are such an anomaly in that you're like a gobstopper that each layer that I get deeper, it's actually better tasting than most people. <laughs> most people, it's the opposite. With each layer, once right. you break that surface level, you're like, wait, this, yeah, and then you worse. get to the core, you're like, this person kind of sucks. Right, right. And I was like, Bert, you're actually, I'm actually, I'm at the core of that gobstopper <laughs> and you rock, dude. You taste and delicious. Right, and, is, and I look at my inner circle, which is comprised of five people, and I put Bert in that. Who are the people when I'm feeling down that I'm calling? Yeah, all those people are these kind of gobstopper experiences that, as That's you awesome. get deeper, and I mean, I say that long story of like just what I did for Bert, I did for my identical twin brother, right? right. Where he was a teacher for 20 years, he got sober 10 years ago, and he does this epic swim 26 miles in the sharkiest great white waters where he has not only not only he has a thing that dangles off of his leg when he swam from block island to newport rhode island and it actually dispels the sharks around him and they're on there's a group on the boat saying there is a great white 30 feet under you oh my god and and that's what i was like ben why is this not a documentary Right? Why is this not a documentary? Oh my God. And yeah. I get goosebumps. He's the first person to do it. He's like, well, I don't know how to do a good documentary. He's like, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah, so I was yeah. doing a speech. Literally, like the next week, I was doing a speech up in Asheville. And I saw a guy with like a steady cam and this stuff. And I was like, what's your name? He's like, Matt. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was about to go on stage. And, and I was like, Matt, what do you do? He's like, I make documentaries. I was like, what kind of documentaries? Yeah. He goes, uh, Social Dilemma, Chasing Corals. I was like, holy crap. I've seen all of those. I got this idea for my twin brother. Tell me what you think of it. And it's this epic swim of how he found sobriety through these crazy swims, right? Dude, that's that's awesome. And he's a teacher. 
That's killer. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, I'll fund it, right? So what's cool is we just wrapped up filming two weeks ago. We're scoring it now um, with, coincidentally, Lawrence Katz from the Mighty Mighty Boston is going to score it with another guy, Billy, who's like one of the biggest producers in Hollywood. And like, I'm like, how did this all happen, right? And my brother just quit his job. And now he's building a company around the documentary and helping people both find sobriety, but also find inspiration around doing something super epic and i look at all this stuff guys right and that's where like that's at the core of my being is that is what gives me the most energy just like we did earlier when i can act as a catalyst for others right and not just like the celebrity rooms but more so with the people that need it the most and and that's what i'm on a mission to do your brother is alexander tough right sorry to enter that's another uh this is this is my identical twin brother ben tough Bentough.com. He's one tough motherfucker, bro. Yeah, yeah, Swim Tough is the uh, URL. You can see the- What a cool uh, name. From the first time that you came into the Burt Show studio and you were kind of doing something for Burt, I don't think I had met you yet, but immediately I saw you have tattoos all down your arm. Would you get those tattoos here in Atlanta? Dude, I got my second one live on air with Burt. This one. I called Burt. I said, Burt. I'm about to publish the Millennial Whisper, and I, I want you to put me on air because I need a publicity stunt. And Bert was like, "Chris, my listeners don't care about you being the Millennial Whisper." I go, okay, yeah, "There's a catch, dude." I go, "Statistically speaking, the greatest difference between millennials and boomers out of anything is actually their appetite and acceptance of tattoos." Wow. What if you try to interview me about the book? while I try to carry it out in pain, while I get tattooed by my guy, Kiyoki, who's now turned into one of my close friends. And he's gonna freehand the whole thing. He's like, now we're talking. And so my first time actually going in studio, Kaylee, was to get my Millennial Whisper tattoo, which is this piece, um, while Bert interviewed me for it. I mean, once again, it was a 20 minute segment, so we only got a little bit of it done. Uh, but, you know, my story, and I'm a huge proponent and advocate of tattoos, mm-hmm, and too. my connection with Kiyoki, right, is that when I have one of those life-defining moments, I call him, and I'm like, dude, please jam me in. Mm-hmm. I want you to put that stake in the ground on my body totally. to act as that thing that I can always refer back to. Beautiful work. Dude. It is. It is. And I just yeah. thought that was so cool. Um my story, and I don't know if I've told it on this show and a little bit on the Burt Show, you only get a couple minutes snips to get your stuff out on the Burt Show. So when I dropped out of high school, my mom was about to kick me out of the house. She's like, you're not going to school. You're not working. You got to go. And I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, you know what I'm going to fucking do? I want to be a body piercer. That's what I want to do. At the time, I'm going through the phone book. Right. And I'm like looking up these tattoo shops and I start calling. Hey, I want to be a body piercer. Hello. 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 (laughs) Hanging up on me. They don't you know, they don't want outsiders coming into their shit. And then I go into Psycho Tattoo in Marietta. I don't know if you're familiar. You've lived in Atlanta enough, right? Dino Cook owns that shop. I don't know if you know who Dino Cook is. Dino Mm -hmm. Cook is one, in my opinion, one of the best artist, hands down, of his generation of, I, I he's older than me, but skilled in every way. Photography, painting, tattooing. I mean, his portrait work is beyond. Well, I go in and I'm like, I smoke a blunt with the piercer. And I'm like, after he pierced my nipple. And I'm like, dude, I want to be a body piercer. And he's like, 
Well, I have some pull with the owner. I didn't know who Dino Cook was at the time. I get my foot in the door. For eight years, I'm helping this trend move along. At that time, a tongue piercing was shocking. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, you got your tongue pierced. Nonetheless, a genital piercing. Like, we didn't walk around showing anybody, but it became over the years, and we were the biggest shop out there. Well, I ended up buying half of the second store. So for 11 years, I owned part of Psychotat 2, Two in Sandy Springs before the city took it. Mm. And just watching that acceptance of how everything is like, okay, well, it's not shocking anymore. Now it's accepted. You can go to a um, an executive and you're not shocked when you see tattoos coming out of their suit sleeve anymore. My chiropractor, who I haven't been to in years, is sleeved out. It's just accepted. And I just I just found your work very cool. And it just, I think it just helps your brand even more. Yeah, and it, I mean, and it's... Uh, it was funny. So actually, the the documentary maker Matt Corliss, who I had out here, we were sitting, and I was like, "Dude, you want to go for a run?" He was like, "What are you talking about? Like, we only have like an hour." I was like, "Yeah, but I need to like, let's just go for a run. What size shoe are you?" He's like, "A 12. I'm like, "All right, you want to go run along the Chattahoochee?" He's like, "I guess." So I gave him my clothes, and we go for this run. And he's like, "Chris," because I'm like, we're, "We got cameras all around us." I'm like, "The only way we're going to be able to connect is to do something together, yeah, right?" Yeah. And so we go, we're on this run and I start talking about my story and what starts with my rock bottom, which was 2016. And wow. I'm referencing my first tattoo and how I met my tattoo artist, where I went to five tattoo artists. I said, listen, one of my, as I came out of my rock bottom, um, one of the main things that changed was doubling down on my two daughters and my wife. And mm -hmm. it was actually my twin brother said, you got to stay in your own hula hoop. And I was like, I'm going to go get that tattoo, right? That I want three hula hoops, one for each of those people. Mm. And so I go and see this guy, Kiyoki, because everyone said that we can't do a, 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 a linear line around a cylindrical, whatever. There's one guy that can do it. He's this Hawaiian dude. And I'm like, all right. So Kiyoki and I hit it off, right? Yeah. And so he cool. ends up making this, un I mean, not only is it one Marlin the Ocean, Finley, my wife, but this is me being identical twin, married to an identical twin, identical twin boy, identical twin boy, wow. and then the hand of God that brings us together. I'm like, oh That's my crazy, gosh, dude. this is the coolest thing. So, so I'm sick. telling this guy, Matt Corliss, all about it. He was like, Chris, when I first saw you, I thought you were just this douchebag with this Polynesian tattoos. I was like, dude, let me keep going. I'm going to take you through each one of these. And it culminates, right, to me saying, so... I've taken one of the things that I do is I take 20% of my time and I, I take people along that need it. Right. So I take 20% of all my time and I just, with no prerogative or agenda, I just want to help them. Yeah. And, and Kiyoki really has cool. become one of those. That's amazing. And so I helped him open his shop uh, up in Duluth and he calls me after I helped him get his health inspection thing done. And, uh, I was like, dude, I got to be your first tattoo. He was like, well, I, you got 20 minutes. Because I was like, I want to be that $1 bill on the side of your tattoo thing. So I got to be the first one, right? He goes, okay, you got 20 minutes. And so I go in there, and with that 20 minutes, I was like, he was like, well, what are you going to do in 20 minutes? I was like, I want everywhere I go tattooed on the inside of my arm. And he goes, well, what, what's that mean? And I said, I, I told the story about how every night my daughter and I, ever since she was six, when we're – reading together because she's super dyslexic because sometimes we're just hanging out sometimes we're not doing anything but we're together right it's that it's that time right. together that's so it's important that quality. and at the end of it i started saying do you feel my love 
her immediate response was everywhere I go. And so I was like, I need to get that tattooed, right? And so I go into Kiyoki's, he gets it done. And I'm telling Matt this on our run and he starts crying. And one of my tactics that I love to tell audiences and anyone listening is sending video text messages after you meet someone, right? So let's just say you meet someone, Mm -hmm. when you send them a video text message, it deepens the relationship 20 times faster and it's a lot better than any sort of text or something else, right? So I send Matt, I was like, dude, that was an, after he went back to Boulder, I was like, that was an epic run, blah, blah, blah. And he awkwardly texted me. He's like, I've never done one of these video text messages before, but Chris, I got to tell you something. I want to be put in touch with your tattoo guy. Never did I want a tattoo before you told me that story about you and your daughter. Can you set up an appointment next time I'm in Atlanta? I was like, Matt, you're my guy. I'll set it up, baby. Right? Incredible, and, dude. And, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, dude, I need to get with Kiyoki. So so this, I didn't have a daughter. There's a DJ called Kiyoki back in the day. I didn't have a daughter at the time, and I hope that this was my rock bottom. You never know what life has in store, right? Um, But uh, I was going through some rough times. I had broken up with somebody that I was with for years. I was probably doing more drugs than I should have been doing, and uh, I remember going with uh, a really positive group of people who were very, very successful, who I grew up with. Believe it or not, their parents were Amway millionaires. Yeah. Okay? But this was crazy, though, man, because I was introduced to people that were successful in Amway when I was, like, 12 years old. I knew nothing about what it was or what they did. And as I started growing up, all these people ever did was give me just Napoleon Hill books, just training after training after training. And people were like, oh, well, they're diamonds in Amway. And I'm like, well, dude, they're living a life that most people don't fucking have because they got this residual money. Well, regardless. And so I went with them to Costa Rica. And I remember sitting on the beach. And at that time, I was looking. I wanted to come down with my sleeve. And I was sitting on the beach, and I picked up. Um, just a thing of shells. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the organic biomechanical shapes that are on shells. It almost looks like something out of H.R. Geiger. Mm. Alien looking, like that's what I want. It's life. I don't know if you can see. So this is like a zoomed in version of shells that like if you just took like a lens and just zoomed in. You can like the further you look into it, the further it goes. Camera probably is not doing it justice, but... uh, and it just, it, to me, that was like a my buddy Craig Foster, who um, was on uh, Ink Master multiple seasons, has got one of the most unique styles I've ever seen. He's just... I know Craig. You know, know Craig Foster? Craig. He's yeah. the godfather of my son. Yeah. I worked with Craig at Psycho Tattoo for 10 damn years. And I mean, we have our bond. Like, we get together. My wife's like, you guys are like, you're 12 years old. How do you know Craig? Yep. Just through Kiyoki. Oh, okay. I know yeah. a lot of the tattoo guys. I've now become like the guy to go to when people want tattoos. I'm like, right? oh, hey, It's cool that you know Craig. He's a cool cat. Probably yeah. met Kiyoki too, I, I would imagine. I've been out of that game for so long and, you know, started pursuing other things like radio and... And podcasts. And learning from Bert and, and, and things of that nature. It's... Uh, this ride has been awesome, and we we are just, I don't know if you are as excited as I am. Chris, we're trying to move this man-fused brand. I think there's so many areas that we're about to branch off in, and I'm just super excited about it. Do you want me to tell you how to do it? I mean, of course. 
So here's one of the things that I've learned, right, is that and I've got a lot of friends that are authors and podcasters and speakers and stuff. And so many people do it in the wrong direction, right, where they end up writing the book or having the podcast and then they try to monetize it immediately. And money and impact go hand in hand. Of course. And so as I've gone through this journey and invested a lot of money in the right places, but more so in the wrong places, one of the epiphanies I had is like, I've got it, I've got it in the wrong order, right? And so now that I know what the order is, which is you create, I mean, I'm doing it with Bono right now with Brokering Billions, right? Where you create the momentum into that thing for you all, it's main fuse. And then you start focusing in on retreats and events, which then goes into a year long or six month long kind of program that follows some sort of curriculum. And then off of that, you create the flywheel, which then creates all of these other pieces like the speaking, like the sponsorships, yeah. everything else. That's what's become my specialty. That's sick. with, And so I've actually, I've created a company Dude. as of the last week called the Impact Factory. And it's, it's helping, it's creating a movement to help people create movements. And yeah. I have a call right after this with a guy to help him with his stuff, um, who he changed my life, who's is, is this guy named, everyone has to check out this dude. His name's Grant Corgan, and he has a documentary called The Push. Grant was paralyzed in a snowmobile accident. And in his moment of despair, he was getting some of his agility back, but obviously not that much, because he broke his back basically in half. He turned to his wife, Shauna, and said, I'm going to push myself across all of the South Pole in expedition, 100 miles. Hmm. And his wife, Shauna, was like, okay, that, that sounds audacious. Let's figure out a way to get there. So he trained for two years, and he produced a documentary called The Push, and it recounts him pushing himself across Antarctica. But it doesn't stop wow. there. Wow. Everyone watched the documentary. So now... And this is how I got linked up with Kelly Slater and the guys at Surf Ranch. It was a four fundraiser for Grant. And Grant and I hit it off, and I'm now the momentum lead for the Moment Foundation, which is the foundation he created. He's the only paraplegic in the world with his pilot's license. And what he does is Holy he takes shit. Army veterans and first responders, and he takes them up. I get goosebumps talking about it. He takes them up in a plane and hands them the throttle with a curated playlist. Oh my God. And he can see watching these veterans that have had t everything taken away from them, their hairs and their That's goosebumps so hit. Cool, man. And it's a moment that puts them in control for the first time in their life. And so I'm wow. helping him That's so sick. build and scale that. And so actually right after this, I'm like, great, you've done all the hard stuff. You've got a successful documentary, you've got all these books, but one of the things that I want you to look at differently is the order in which you do these. So. He and I are running a big fundraiser up in New York City. And I was like, let's just start there. We're going to do it in March. And it's with a bunch of really well-known people. I'll do a retreat right afterwards that we can then start this flywheel for oh you. Oh, my God. And so that's unbelievable. Once again, so that's that's essentially what I'm trying to do with everyone around. That's what I'm trying to do with you all today here. Right? Well, man, as a man. veteran, if there's any space for someone to fill in there to raise money or I don't know what it looks like, but I would be highly interested. I'm an Army combat veteran. I was in Iraq for about a Love year it. and a half. I was in Abu Ghraib as an interrogator for over seven months. I mean, and I was so, so lucky not to lose my life. But many of my friends are disabled and many of my friends died. Many are mentally 
in very difficult places yeah. as well. So yeah, I have incredible connections throughout the military community, as I'm sure your friend does as well. Seriously, I'd love to be a part of something like that. We're raising 250 grand right now to buy him a plane, which I think we just did last night when I was on a call. And you asked me like, what's my day like? I'm like, I have no idea. People are like, you're so all over the place, but not all over the place. But one of the places that I'm really focusing in on right now is to help Grant with the Moment Foundation and getting this airplane acquired so he can stop renting it. I wish right now we were further in our journey because that would be one of my goals to be able to stroke a check for 250 grand and be like, boom. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we could raise money through like all the VFWs? You know, you go after volumes of people putting up small amounts of money to buy a whole fucking fleet of airplanes, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and then that's going to be the name of the game is, is then scaling them out. One of the things that is special about it right now is Grant's the one that's taking them out. But we also have a strategic relationship with um, the Thunderbirds. So if someone's dream is to go up in a Thunderbird, mine, up in a Thunderbird, mine, right? mine. Like, so Mace Curran is on the board with me, who's uh, the only female uh, pilot that flies upside down. I met her at the surf ranch thing. I mean, and it's just like... What is happening? This is the craziest stuff. Well, that is on my bucket list item to fly in a jet before the Russian and Ukraine war. The one of the only places you could pay Russia to take you up and fly one of their little like there are ways. So there are ways. And that's my favorite game to play with people is like uncovering like what's your ultimate dream? Right. And I, I did a blog post on this. The most important question you can ask anyone sitting across from you, whether it's someone you're trying to get as a client whether it be your kid, whether it be even your spouse, is what is your dream, right? What is that one thing? And what I'm tr- on a mission to do is unlock as many of those as possible and then wow. help people go after that. And Kaylee, I'll end it with one last kind of story that'll get you guys fired up. But right. yeah, if that's cool. your dream, like we'll figure out a way to make it happen. So I was in the Turks and Caicos right after I published Save Your Asks. And um, I instead of doing what most authors do, which is like a huge ego play and book signing, I went to my happy place, which is the Turks and Caicos. I'm a huge kiteboarder. That's my happy spot. I kiteboard my face off, reconnect with my family without devices. And we were on our fourth night there. And I finally like totally chilled out from the book published and, you know, everything else. And we went to this Italian restaurant and it was an Italian restaurant where there were like 12 waiters and we were the only table there. And I turned to my wife, Julie, I'm like, this is going to be one of those awkward nights when those like, you know, there's like 12 waiters or the only ones here. It's probably going to be like a two hour meal. Right? right. And she was like, I know. Right. And then out of the blue, this young gentleman with the biggest beaming smile came by our table. And I looked at his name tag and it said, John Lee, J O H N L E Y. And he was like, he just had this energy and spirit about amongst him. And he was hanging out and he was talking to the girls and it was instant connection. And he calls me Mr. Chris. He's like, Mr. Chris, you have the most beautiful family. <laughs> and I uncover, like, and then we start just jiving, right? We're That's like awesome. in our second, third course and we're just jiving. And I finally uncover the fact he's one of 11 kids. He has three jobs in Turks. He's been there for five years and he's busting his butt to try to make ends meet. And I'm like, John Lee, Finally, he comes back. It's right before dessert. I said, I'm going to ask you the most important question anyone's asked you. He goes, yes, Mr. Chris. I go, John Lee, what is your dream? What is that ultimate thing that you are working so hard to get towards? And he goes, Mr. Chris. And he got teary-eyed. He goes, Mr. Chris, my I have two dreams. And my first dream is to go back to Haiti, to get a save up, get a plane ticket, go back to Haiti, see my mom. But Mr. Chris, my second dream, my second dream is to go to the U.S., where it is a world of freedom 
and I want to taste Chick-fil-A. And I was like, John Lee, there it is, dude. And he goes, and ultimately I want to work in hospitality. I go, dude, there it is. You just put a stake in the ground, baby. And my wife is like, Chris, Hell just settle yeah. down. Like, <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> and he leaves and I go, Julie, I'm going to Aladdin this thing. Uh, I'm going to make that first wish come true. Are you down with it? She's like, totally. So he comes back and I go, John Lee, here's the good news. You could just focus on that second trip because I'm going to take care of the first one right now. <laughs> so we buy his ticket to no go back way. to Haiti. He start, It was 450 bucks or something. He starts crying. He's all emotional. And I said, John Lee, I'm not leaving you, right? I'm going to see you all the way through on this journey. And it's about nine months later, guys, right? So it was a couple months ago and I'm on a WhatsApp video call and Julie's like, who are you talking to? It's 10, 15. I'm like, it's John Lee. <laughs> She's like, you're still talking to him? I was like, we talked every single week. <laughs> and not only, and here's where it gets awesome. So I wrote a blog post oh about God. it, posted on LinkedIn. I had five friends reach out to me, said, I'll help John Lee out, get him to America. And I had someone from corporate at Chick-fil-A saying, we'll give John Lee, bring him to, we'll give him a tour of Chick-fil-A, we'll feed him Chick-fil-A, right? Oh like, my God. And so it was last week that I was on that uh, another WhatsApp call and he's coming, he's staying with me the last week of April. And he, while he's here, I've got him set up with a lawyer to help get his documents. I've got interviews set up with him. And I told him all this and he's crying, I'm crying. He goes, Mr. Chris, God gives lessons in life and he gives blessings. And Mr. Chris, you are a blessing. What's the difference between a blessing and a lesson? And he goes, well, blessings stay with you. Lessons come and then they leave. Wow. And you stayed through this whole thing. Bam. Wow. And like, and that, I mean, I get teary. I, like that's right. what I'm trying to do more of, right? And I think it's easy to misinterpret who I am and what I represent and what my message is. But ultimately, I really, that is where my mission lies is to do more for more, you know, in, in that line of uncovering people's dreams and then doing something within my ability to then let them take action. On that it. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I just feel like everybody we touch on a daily basis, I've always felt this way. I mean, you can leave them one of two ways, you know, better than they were. Or you could be the jerk that, you know, just pisses them off and adds to their crappy day if that's what they're having. And I just, uh, I mean, him meeting you that day is an absolute blessing. And But it's you incredible. turned it into that yeah. blessing. You had that option to just make a couple of, you know, casual, you know, remarks and then go about your day and ignore him and do your thing. Yeah. You have the ability to, and the want to, you know, keep it coming. I just think it's amazing, Chris. I'm pumped up. I want to run through the wall right now. <laughs> and it all comes down to connection, right? Like it's all about real authentic connection. Absolutely. And and I'm not saying I'm any hero for people, right? Like I, I was given more than most, right? With how I was raised and my access and all that stuff. And it right. is my duty to uncover that and people bring them along. And we live in a world, we all see it, right? It's this TikTok, instant gratification, Instagram, yeah. like people giving uh, some homeless guy a thousand dollars. I'm like, what about that guy in a week and a half? Right. What's going to happen to him? Yeah. And it's just like this egocentric, quick fix true, bullshit. Right. right. So yeah. True. Yeah. You gave the we, guy a thousand bucks. You didn't teach him how to fish. You yeah. just, you just gave yeah, him a fish. Exactly, you threw a right? fish at him, you know? Thank you so much uh, for your time, for your information, for just everything. I, I'm pumped up. I'm, I'm even more inspired. I'm ready to go. I'm not sleeping for two weeks. Dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you being a part of the show and, and coming on. And like, I was reading through your stuff last night and one thing stuck with me and it was this, uh, it was this poem that your brother, Alexander, sent to you when 
you were kind of redefining your life. And I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to ask if I could read it. Sure. Was yeah. it uh, Nelson Mandela wrote this, right? Yeah. And yeah, it just struck me, dude. Um, it says, I'm tired of sailing my little boat far inside the harbor bar. I want to be out where the big ships float, out on the deep where the great ones are. And should my frail craft prove too slight for storms that sweep those wide seas over, better go down in the stirring fight than drowse to death by the sheltered shore. Yeah, that's that's deep. <sighs> that's badass. Dude, and the craziest so, thing about that so was grateful I, I sent him the blog post of like saying my greatest metaphor for me leaving the security of my ad agency that I helped build that paid all of my life, right? The only metaphor I came was like I can't it was this vision of me like fishing right in the harbor. And it's like, I can't catch any fish unless I actually leave the harbor and the safety of it. And I sent, I, so I wrote that blog post on it. He was like, dude, Chris, you got to read this speech by Nelson Mandela. Like, oh my gosh. And that's how that then I was like, I got to include that in the blog post. So very, guys, yeah. thank you so much for the opportunity. Obviously, sure, if anyone wants to connect with me, oh, yeah. do it on Instagram, tough 22, or go to my website, Chris me. And you guys, thank you for the opportunity to impact thank your you, listeners' love you. lives yeah. in a positive way. And hopefully we'll keep in touch and we'll talk soon. Take care, man. Good luck Hell today. Yeah. I love it, guys. Thanks, thank bro. you. Thanks, brother. Uh, wow. What a great conversation. Wow. That was epic. I feel like I just went through a metamorphosis. I feel like something just happened in my life. I feel like that guy just dropped on me the exact answer that I have been praying for. I mean, that was life-changing. I mean, genuinely. What he told me, I get it now. All of a sudden, I understand something that I did not understand before. Which is what? Exactly. Literally, that I need to remove myself from every administrative relative task that there is in life. I need to be 100% out of anything detail-oriented, and I need to be 100% in relationships. And that would be like paying the power bill. For That's a great example. You know what I'm saying? But it goes so much deeper than that because as you know, how many freaking companies are we talking about right now? We've got like three. That we're trying to build? Right. Yeah. It's insane. Right. And I am in the muck of the underside of things. I'm trying to do it all. And it's spiraling out of control. Not to the extent that I'm unsuccessful, but to the extent that there's an exponential amount of progress that can be made if I properly structured. I just thought I was doing the best I could. Well, you were. We all can do better. I knew that that would be a great meeting. This is the Manfuse podcast. Hit us up by joining the show, manfuse.com or 770-744-5227. Support the show by sharing the show.